You're listening to episode 171 of the Christian Travelers Network. Today's topic is using photography to remember God's role in travel with Brenda Esdor. You're listening to Christian Travelers Network, the podcast and platform where travel stories, community, and scripture combine. Hey, Christian Travelers, I am so glad that you're here because today we're going to be talking about the importance of photography and keeping track of those important moments that we have with the Lord while traveling. But uh, before we dive into that, I want to once again point you to our website, christiantravelers.net. There you'll find other faith and travel resources, and we're excited to have an online platform launching here in the next two months or so. So stay tuned for more information and check out our website for more details. But without further ado, Brenda um, is joining us today and a little bit about her. After Brenda lost her first husband and high school sweetheart, David, in a drowning accident in 1991, she decided to live life treasuring every moment to the fullest. Brenda's present husband of 25 years, Michael, sustained life-altering burns in an accident in 2020. It was in that moment they made the move to downsize and become full-time RVers. Through these experiences, Brenda knows firsthand the importance of preserving memories for the coming generations. Hey, Brenda, how are you doing? Hey, Sarah, I'm doing very well, thank you. Great. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you became passionate about preserving memories? I'd love to. I wear many hats. I am both a wife, a mother, a grandma, We have 16 grandchildren right now with number 17 on the way. Uh, I am a business owner. I work full-time at another business, so I wear many, many hats. And underlying all of that, I have been a saved believer for over 35 years now. So my walk with the Lord has been long and gone deep. Mm, Wonderful. Um, so in your relationship with the Lord, you found it important to preserve memories, um, through photography. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? When my first husband passed away, I learned very quickly that the day will come where all we have left are our memories. That's mm-hmm. all we get to keep with us when they go. And I wanted to make sure that our children who were only six when we lost their dad, would have a memory of him and that our grandchildren could actually come to know their grandpa Dave somehow. It was my husband's faith that brought me to faith. And that is uh, a marker and an important thing in my life that has obviously cascaded down to my children, to my grandchildren, Mm -hmm. Lord willing, to my great-grandchildren and to my great-great-grandchildren. And so by preserving our photos, our memories, our story, Mm. I get to hand that off to the generations that come after me. How do you um, preserve the photos? Do you make like an album or what's your method? Years ago, I used to be an avid scrapbooker. I loved creative memories. Give me a big table and all kinds of scissors and papers and glues and, and doodads, and I was thrilled. 
fast forward 20 years, nobody wants those great, big, heavy, cumbersome albums that I worked so tirelessly on. <laughs> what I do now is I do digital files. Even my old albums that I did back 20 years ago, one of the pain points that I found when we moved into an RV is, you know what? They don't fit. <laughs> they don't fit anywhere and they weigh too much. You can't put that in an RV. Mm. So what I've done is I've digitized my old albums. I've digitized old photos and old videos. And then I use a platform called forever.com that is the best platform. I looked at all of them, but it is the best platform for RVers and even for good old sticks and bricks people. You know, everybody needs to be preserving their memories, their photos, their stories for the future generations. And forever.com is the best platform to do all of that. And then they also offer, if I want to make a photo book, mm -hmm. do something with the grandkids, I can do that all from the same platform. I don't have photos over here in this platform for making a photo book and over here for saving them and over there for making something else. I can do it all in one place. Mm. So that makes that process smoother, I imagine. Much smoother. I actually know where everything is. Yes, yes. So what did that look like to digitize all of those memories? I imagine that was kind of time consuming. It takes some time and some prep. One of the caveats to using Forever versus any of the other platforms out there that can digitize for you, but one of the biggest pluses to Forever.com is that they have ambassadors, which I'm an ambassador. And what you get with them is you get a photo coach. You get somebody who's going to walk you through the process so that you're not overwhelmed, so that you don't get stuck in analysis paralysis, where you're looking at you know boxes and boxes and totes and totes. You don't know where to start, so you don't. Mm -hmm. An ambassador is someone who can help you break it down into bite-sized pieces. One mm -hmm. of the things I always talk to my clients about is if there was a catastrophe, your house burned, a tornado comes through, a hurricane, whatever, what are the top five memories that you would be most heartbroken if you lost them forever? Mm. Everybody can come up with a top five list. That's yeah. not too overwhelming. You know, it's a wedding video. It's a, it's a baptism video. It's, you know, grandma and grandpa's wedding album. It's, you know what those five things are. And so we just start there yeah. and we'll start with those five. And then when we know that those are safely preserved, What's the next five? What's the next important thing to you? And it's going to be different for everybody. Yeah. So that's how I help people get started in that process so that they don't just look at, especially if you've inherited your mom's stuff or mm -hmm. your grandma's stuff. Yeah. You really do have boxes and boxes and totes and totes of stuff mm -hmm. to look at and prioritize. Yes, I, um, my grandma passed away a couple of years ago, and we do, we have a massive box of all of her photos that still need to be preserved and dealt with, but the box still sits. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So yeah, so that's what I do is I help people to get started because once you get started, it's like with anything, that's the hardest part. Once you're started, you're actually rolling, you're actually moving forward. You can actually go back and see, even if it's a little bit. You can see progress 
and you can see the goal where I want to get to. You know, the journey of a thousand miles starts with one step. And, and that's what I really want to motivate people to is to take that first step. Mm, yes. Um, when it comes to preserving memories and travel, how do you see a connection there? There's a huge connection between travel life, whether you're a full-time RVer, a weekend warrior, or you're just taking your annual vacation. There is such a connection there in that multiple ones. There are always divine appointments on those trips. Mm -hmm. Always, if you're looking for them, they are there. And then there's a story to be told behind that. Imagine for a moment your grandma, think of her parents. Wouldn't it be cool if there was a place where there was maybe one photograph of them from back in the 1920s on a trip that they took out West and a story that went with it and how God took care of them somehow. You know, if their car broke down, he provided a person to fix it, or there was that divine appointment where they were able to share their faith, whatever that story might be, how valuable would that be to you today? Yeah, I have goosebumps just thinking about the generational implications that truly has. Um, I think I mainly think about photography as something capturing my moments in the present, but just the impact it can have long past me. That's, that's not something I typically think about. And that is, again, one of the lessons that I always come back to my clients with reminding them what we are doing today isn't just about us. It's about what we're going to hand off to the next generation. And if you don't have children, there is still another generation whether they're your children or someone else's children, could be nieces and nephews, could be great, great nieces and nephews that are in your family, could just be, you know, your girlfriend's children who, when you're gone, come back and look at your stories and how your life um, impacted others and how God directed that. There's always a valuable story to be told because God doesn't waste anything. That's absolutely true. It does just give you goosebumps, though, to think about (laughs) what we're doing is not just about today. It's about generations. And the Bible talks about that over and over and over again, how it it is our duty to leave a legacy and an inheritance to our children's children. Mm. Inheritance isn't just money. Inheritance is is the story of our faith, you know, mm-hmm. how it impacted us, where God was when my first husband died. I still remember that day vividly and praying, okay, Lord, you don't make mistakes. You've got this, but you've got to walk me through it because I'm going to be a disaster. Yeah. Yeah. And telling that story so that my grandchildren know what it was like for grandma to go through that. I mean, I was 27 at such a young age. Mm-hmm. So. Wow. Yeah, the Bible talks about it all the time, how important it is. Yeah. Um, why do you have any insight as to maybe why God uh, thinks that it's important? Or, yeah. That's really interesting. My husband and I are listening to the Bible in a year. Mm-hmm. I love genealogy. It's just right in my wheelhouse. I do a lot of ancestry stuff. I love all my photos. I document, which is called 
So grandma used to write on the back of a photo. We now add metadata. That's a fancy word for adding the story to your photo, yeah. which compares to in the day grandma wrote on the back of it. So as we're listening to the Bible um, audio, my husband and I every morning, and again, I love genealogy. Oh my gosh, the genealogy in the Bible. I have been trying to, as, as the son of, and the son of, and the son of, and begot and beget. And I have been trying to follow that. And it's like, it just about makes my head spin. And I love genealogy, but I'm like, how many generations was that? I, you know, and I'll go back and kind of count through it. It's like, and as we look at the word, I, I just didn't even realize how much that is everywhere in the Bible where it talks about, I mean, we can take Jesus's genealogy. They give it to us. They hand it to us. They put it, wrapped it up, put it in a bow and handed it over to us so that we can see his genealogy. Yeah. How cool is that? That is incredible. And, and it just like, it tells a story and scripture outlines so many of the important uh, King David and Ruth and just like all these individuals that played a part in um, eventually Jesus coming into our world. And now fast forward it 2000 years forward. And how did we get to where we are? You know, who we are, those who came before us is part of what makes up who we are. Mm -hmm. You know, God knew us before he placed us in our mother's womb and knew what our personal genealogy would be. When I've looked through my genealogy, I can trace my one line of my family back to just after the pilgrims came in Massachusetts and they were um, Puritans. No, they were not Puritans. They were um, Quakers. So when you do that whole study and learn the difference between the Puritans and the pilgrims and this and that, it's, it's amazing to learn all of that. Uh, but then to connect my family to that movement and what must have been going on that brought mm -hmm. them over at that time in the late 1600s yeah. to start over because of their faith. I would love to know their stories. What was mm -hmm. it like for them? What did they endure? What was the hardship? What were the blessings? How did God provide for them? Mm -hmm. uh, at one point, they even walked from Massachusetts to Connecticut. There's a whole story of this group that went to Connecticut uh, to sort of kind of restart and change a little bit of the atmosphere and the culture of their religious group. And my five times great grandfather's name is literally written in stone on a rock in Connecticut as one of the founding fathers of that area. You know, so I can put together little bits and pieces and I know that their faith was was important to them. Obviously, I mean, they sailed halfway around the world back when sailing was not a cruise and, <laughs> and then walked from Massachusetts to Connecticut. Well, I mean, I whine when I have to drive to town. <laughs> you know, but they would do that for their faith mm -hmm. and for what they obviously knew and believed God had called them to. Mm -hmm. So we now have, and a lot of people did write their journals and stuff. I don't have one of my particular family, but there are some really good ones. But what if I could leave that for my 
downline for my generations to come. Mm -hmm. That's just priceless. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And yeah, it makes me want to take more action with the photos that I do take today. But do you personally journal when you take your photos or do you write your stories after? How does that process work for you? It works both ways and I do both. And it depends on a lot of different variables. You know, sometimes I don't have the freedom to sit down and put the story to the picture in the moment because life is happening. Yeah. But like yesterday, I took the day yesterday. I spent it with my daughter and her two daughters at our local county fair where my granddaughters were showing hogs. And we mm-hmm. took some fun selfies and pictures of Olivia and Milo the pig and all of that. And I immediately put that into my forever account, uh, was able to go through and document the photos. So it's got the date. I can tag everyone in them. So all the photos are tagged with my granddaughter's Olivia's name and Stella's name, my daughter Ashley's name and me. So that 100 years from now, when my great, great grandkids are in my forever account, they can search by tags. And if they're descended from Olivia, they can type in Olivia's name and all of the photos and stories Mm. of her will pop up for them. Or if they can descend from Stella, they can go in and type in Stella's name and everything that I have tagged and written about, about Stella will show up for them. So sometimes I do that. I prefer to do that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, For the other individuals who will access that account, is it a shared account? Are they able to also write their own stories too? The way forever is set up you can set it up a couple different ways. And I have mine set up to be kind of the family archive because I'm into all of the family history. I have second and third cousins who just hand me stuff and say, here, this is going to be more important to you, makes more sense to you. Uh, So my albums, many of my albums are called collaborative. And so if my daughter Ashley wants to go into that album that I created for the county fair yesterday, and she took pictures after I left, she can add them into that album. It also allows me, because within the forever family world, my daughters and I are family and friends within there so that we can go in. So if I go in later and see that she uploaded into her account photos that go with this event, I can then download those into my album so that I can keep a more full circle, um, account of, of our family. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, do you have a lot of trouble with getting people to use it as well? Or is that kind of seamless? It can be seamless. And again, it depends on where everybody's at in their stage of life. I'm almost 60. I don't have any children at home. So I have more time. Mm. My children are all in the midst of raising children. So we have 16 grandkids. Imagine that, you know, they're just trying to keep them clothed and fed and moving and they're taking a bunch of pictures on their phone. They upload them. They're a hot mess and we will work on them. You know, in the winter, we live in the Midwest where, you know, winters get cold and the snow gets deep and you stay inside. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I just remind them, just get the pictures uploaded so that we've got them. And we'll sort them out in the winter months. 
again, it, you have to meet everybody where they're at. Yes. Next. Um, I guess um, as we're kind of coming to a close, are there any other tips or advice you have for someone preserving memories or um, ways that you've seen God work through photography? One of my tips is do your due diligence. All cloud storage is not created equal. That was probably one of the biggest lessons that I learned for our generation and what we are doing with our photos and our memories, that you have to look at the terms of service and, and do your due diligence because forever.com is the only platform where you own your storage space and it is guaranteed for your lifetime plus 100 years. There is not one other platform that does that. Every other cloud platform is not designed to save your memories. It's designed to get a payment out of you. And when the payment stops, the photos go away. Uh, with forever.com, it is also bequeathable. So when I'm gone, my account will outlive me. And so my next generations will have access to that. iCloud states very clearly that when you expire, so does your account and that your family members have no legal right to that account. Mm -hmm. So they can't even legally go get your photos if you didn't have them somewhere else or you know in a system. Every other cloud-based storage system is a rental and you also give permission to that platform to own a copy of your photos mm -hmm. and that's not a good thing yeah. so that's why i've chosen forever.com as my platform of choice because it does everything including keeping them safe and secure and private and then i can print whatever i want to from there Yes. Um, and how has God used photography and memory keeping? Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, in so many ways. I think for me, one of the, the most emotional ways it has done that is it has allowed me to preserve my first husband's memory. Mm -hmm. There are videos, there are pictures, there are stories about how my grandpa Dave brought me to my faith. God used him. And if I didn't keep those memories alive, no one would, my, my grandkids wouldn't know this. They would never know what an important part of their life this mm -hmm. man played because it was through him helping me to find my faith that I then raised our daughters that way who are now raising our grandchildren and and the generations are continuing because of this one man mm. that God used to change our family. Mm. That's wonderful. Um, one of the questions that I always ask our guests is what has been the biggest God moment in all of your travels? My biggest God moment in all of my travels was I was privileged four years ago to go to India to a wedding. Mm. While we were there, one of the things I absolutely wanted to do was to go and see Taj Mahal. 
I mean, it's iconic. I have all of these photos of me around the world with St. Basil's Cathedral and Red Square and Niagara Falls and, and these big things. And it was like, I have to see Taj Mahal. Knowing full well that Taj Mahal is um, not a Christian shrine, not a Christian memorial. <laughs> I have a picture of me standing just outside the mosque at Taj Mahal praying over the, the monument, the people who come to visit it. That has probably been the places God has taken me that I have been able to physically stand in those places, stand in Red Square and pray over that place. Those are my biggest God moments. It's when I look at where I am and how he has taken me there. And he hasn't just taken me there to see some fabulous view of the Grand Canyon. Yeah, it is to be in awe of what he created and then to pray for the people around me. Mm. Yeah, it sounds like it really helps bring that connection, but it also has a deeper, a deeper purpose. Much deeper purpose than just, oh, I get to see cool stuff. <laughs> just like your photos, they, they have a deeper purpose in passing on a story to the next generation. Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Brenda, we have really enjoyed having you on our podcast. How can our listeners connect with you outside of this episode? The best way to find me is at preservingmemorylane.org. There is a place where you can contact me. It's not a very robust website yet. We're just getting started. It will become a more robust website in due time. But right now you can get there. You can find me. My contact information is there. And that's the best place to go. Preservingmemorylane.org. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for um, being on the show. We really enjoyed hearing from you. Thank you, Sarah. Well, listeners, I hope that you have really enjoyed today's episode and that you'll be inspired to preserve some of your travel memories through photography and stories as well. If you liked today's episode, I encourage you to hit the subscribe button and share this episode with a friend. And if you're looking for similar episodes, I encourage you to check out episode 82, Travel Photography with Madeline, and episode 63, How to Travel Journal. Until next time, safe travels and God bless.